starting those fundamental differences at an early age and, and investing early, like I wish I would have done the same thing. So yep. Make those early sacrifices, especially when you're single and you're young. There's no reason not to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, at least that's my, you know, and, and if you tell yourself it's because I don't have any money, well. He did it at In-N-Out Burger. Well, like I know. He's making well, like I know, I know. little and, money. And the follow-up <laughs> to that is go cancel your Netflix subscription. True. Everybody want to get the bag, but y'all really know what it's going to take. Trying to figure out how to start now. Blue gems, let to show you it all way. Because we talk finance and amortizing and anything it takes to get real estate. Dropping blue gems, AG dropping blue gems, new podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems. To start off, let's hear about you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I live here in Orlando. Um, I'm a now full-time real estate agent and real estate investor. Uh, I primarily focus on working with real estate investors that want to buy long-term buy and hold and short-term rentals out by Disney. Uh, and that's really our niche. That's what we focus on. Of course, we love helping buyers and sellers uh, in just regular residential space as well. Um, we're pretty good at that too, but uh, our focus has been on attracting clients that want to invest here in Central Florida. And so that's really where we focus the business on. Um, been in Orlando for almost 10 years now uh, and uh, been all over the world prior to that. Wow. Oh. All over the world. Oh, you yeah. want to you touch base on that? Like, I love to travel. So anyone <laughs> sure. that's like all over the world, I'm like, hey, wh where have you been? Yeah. yeah so uh, when I was seven, my parents moved to Costa Rica. We lived there for 10 months. And then we lived in Mexico City for three years and then moved back to the States for a year and then back to Mexico City for another four years. Back to the U.S., uh, lived in Oregon for a little while and then went to high school in Missouri uh, and uh, graduated from high school, came to college in Florida, moved to Colorado, moved to Seattle, moved to Spain uh, for a year, and then moved back to Seattle and then moved to Orlando today. So that's my uh, quick life journey. But when you ask what countries, that's it's, it's favorite it's, place it's, out of all of them. Um, so it, it's it's hard to say because. Uh, Mexico was a huge part of my childhood culture. The people are beautiful, um, beautiful culture, and, and they're just so warm. But I really liked living in Colorado, hobbies. I like to snowboard. I used to like to rock climb. I still like to rock climb. I just don't do it anymore. Uh, but uh, so I really like that. But Spain was really cool and seeing all the old stuff there. And, and I was an adult when I spent my time in Spain. So I think I enjoyed it from a cultural perspective more than I would have Mexico. But Florida's home. And uh, I realize now, I don't know why you'd want to live anywhere else, right? I mean, I agree. it's a tropical paradise. Uh, you know, it's cold today and it was 56. You know, I'm wearing a down jacket because I got thin blood now. But, uh, but yeah. You speak much Spanish? or I do still speak Spanish. Um, I had to have a real estate conversation in Spanish the other day. And I got off the phone and I told my wife, my head hurts so bad. <laughs> uh, because while I'm still very conversational... Uh, that's a, that's a brain, I, you know, it's a muscle I don't use that often. And there's a, there's just a lot of vocabulary you don't remember, or don't know. Uh, so yeah. That's cool, man. I love that. 
Um, you want to jump in? I know there's some questions that you've been itching to ask Tyler here. So let's start with Orlando because you talked about Florida. Let's talk about the Orlando real estate market. I know it's all over the news. And so I've seen it on the BP articles. I've seen it in even the NBC and even the top media markets now. So what is your thoughts on the Orlando market right now? I love the Orlando market. I mean, it's the, from a real estate perspective, I think it's really strong. There's so many people moving to Florida uh, and Orlando. There's a ton of investment into the market. Uh, we're seeing lots of growth. It's it's not a it's not the same inflated market that we saw in 2008. So I think people that are worried about that, they can kind of put that to the back of their mind. But on top of that, there's just there's so much in Orlando that that for, that offers something for just about everybody, right? There's there's a budding tech industry uh, with graduates coming out of UCF, which is one of the nation's largest universities. Uh, there's tons of jobs. There's tons of opportunity for somebody that has that wants it, right? And then there's the climate and all that stuff. So, um, and then you've got world class entertainment with Disney World, and you know Dr. Phillips Center has great comedians as well as you know, theatrical productions, the opera, the ballet. So. Uh, there's just so much that the city has to offer professional sports. I, you know, I could go on and on and on. Uh, so, so that's why, we, that's why we like it. Uh, that's why I like it. That's why I've grown to call it home because I really don't know why you'd live anywhere else. So, um, and I've been able to attract a lot of my family to move here. My sister and parents now live here in the area and we're not from here and my wife's here and some of her family. So, uh, lots of reasons to live here and invest here. And so walk us through your journey in Orlando, specifically from start to finish, you know, from where you've seen Orlando back maybe five years ago to now, kind of how the market's evolved and how you've pivoted maybe along the way from your investment strategy and then also as an agent. Yeah. So when I first moved to Orlando, uh, I worked very menial jobs. So I wasn't investing when I first moved here. It wasn't until after I got married, I started my first corporate job uh, and uh, we bought a rental house. And that was in early, uh, it was about eight years ago. So what was that, 2012, 2013, something, somewhere right in there. Um, and we bought a nice little two bedroom, one bath south of downtown Orlando, not far from here, probably about two and a half miles from here. Uh, and, uh, you know, got it for like $115,000. It was. It was a pretty good deal, uh, and the market in that time short time frame has really changed the value of that property. It's now close to like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is crazy. But that was my first investment, and I hadn't really paid attention to the market prior to that. But I've seen Orlando change a lot, right? You know, even you know in the time that I've been here, just with the I four Ultimate Project and things like that. So the city's just continued to grow, um, and from a real estate perspective. I wish I had known what I know now in when I very first moved here because that was like 2012 and that was like the best time to be buying real estate here in Orlando because prices were still at a record low, just barely starting to scratch and crawl and, and get out of, uh, you know, the 2008 recession. If you could uh, go back real quick during that time, yeah, what would you do differently? Like knowing everything that you know, like how would you be able to capitalize on that? Well, it was a buyer's market, so you could be way more aggressive. I mean, when my wife and I bought our first house in, I think, yeah, 2012, I think it was 2012, we, um, it was a flipped house, and we made him an asking price offer, and he accepted. 
Well, the appraisal came back at like 187 on a 220 contract or 167 on a 220 contract. And he wanted us to come out of pocket and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it was a buyer's market. So I looked at my wife and I said, we're just going to tell him no. Like, even if we could find more money, we're just going to tell him no. The house had been on the market for like 90 days or something like that. And two weeks later, he came back and said, okay, I'll take the deal. You know, so you had the leverage, right? And, and in this market today, buyers don't have leverage. Yeah, zero. Uh, the, the best you can hope for is that you have a lot of cash as a buyer. So uh, very different. Um, I would have, you know, I, I also would have, I probably would have started selling real estate a lot, a lot sooner. Um, you know, I, I realize now that I love it. It's, I started doing it kind of just because I liked it. And uh, I got to live vicariously through my clients that were buying investment real estate when I was doing it part-time. Uh, and I used to get to tell people that I love this, I do it for free. I just, lucky I don't have to. Uh, and that's still true today. That's amazing. Uh, man. I, can't, I can't do it for free anymore because it's my full-time job, but, but I still feel that way. And so it's fun for me. And so I would go back and I would tell myself. And, uh, and additionally, you know, right after my wife and I got married, uh, I was talking about what am I gonna do? Because I was fixing sprinklers at the time. Uh, digging ditches here in central Florida. It was, it was a good time. Uh, and I, you know, we talked about maybe getting a real estate license and going into that business and, uh, talked to my dad about maybe flipping some houses. And he said, you get a real estate license, I'll flip houses with you. Uh, and I was like, all right, but I didn't do it. Uh, I had this limiting belief that I was a bad student. Uh, I couldn't learn online. And so I just never did it. And I put it off for a really long time. Excuse me. And actually, it was my wife that kept telling me time and time again, you should, you know, you should really do that. You'd be good at it. You should really do that. And uh, so, yeah, very, very supportive. Strong, supportive role model right there. Very strong, very supportive. Uh, She was actually my sugar mama when we met. She made more money than me and supported (laughs) me and everything when I first moved here. So There you go. uh, You know, uh, big, big support system. Uh, But, uh, yeah, when, when when my daughter was being going to be born is when I finally decided, no, this is what I'm going to do. So like man up and let's <laughs> that's exactly take it, it take over. Yeah. Right. That's, that's exactly, exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. It was, uh, it was the decision that, you know, the life that I envisioned for myself and my family involved me. And now you're sugar daddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the roles have been reversed. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but the goal was, you know, I, I needed to be in control of my time. Uh, if, if I was going to give my daughter the life that I wanted her to have. And if I, if I was going to get to be the father I wanted to be to her, uh, then I need to be able to be at all the baseball games and soccer games. And, and so that that was, that was a big motivator to, okay, let's finally go do this. Uh, and, uh, we just trucked through a bunch of online, you know, 63 hours of online coursework, read every page, every word. And. Uh, luckily, I'd already worked in some real estate industries, so I I had some background uh, that helped me stay interested because that's like my my biggest thing. Is and what interested. year was that that you went through the licensing process, the exam? Uh, 2019. So okay, so you had a seven year period from buying your first house until yeah 2019, where you were just kind of researching and learning about real estate. Yeah, overall. so so yeah, so I I found I bought the first rental property um, in 2012. Yeah, and wow. and I got that first rent check, and I was like, "Oh man, this is the greatest thing ever!" <laughs> I was going. hooked. Right. Well, I was like, going. "I gotta get more of this." <laughs> right. uh, and so let me buy in the next one. That's right. right. Uh, and so uh, we, 
you know, I started doing more research and looking up things and I was really looking for uh, a real estate, uh, you know, estimation, estimated calculator of, you know, a calculator for rental projections and things like sure. that. Um, and so I happened to stumble across, you know, one that was in a forum on bigger pockets a long time ago. And um, after that, just got really hungry about learning and, and listened to everything I could and read as much as I possibly could and just uh, dug into it. Love it. Love it. So in that span from 2012 and 2019, you bought your first rental property, got your license. Did you buy any more properties? Did you do any of those flips with your father? So I hadn't got my license. We didn't do any flips. Uh, I, in 2018, um, 2018, I met a wholesaler, um, he brought me this deal in Daytona and I looked at him like, this is such a great deal. Uh, and so I called my dad. I'm like, this is a great deal. I sent it to him. He's like, this is a great deal. We buy it. <laughs> that's it. No, that's like legitimately the process. Sight unseen, uh, like didn't even drive by, bought it. How do you know it's a good deal? Because like, I mean, you know, it had been six years now. You're still not in real estate. How do you just boom identify that it's a good deal already? I had spent a lot of time educating myself, uh, and I had been on an email drip from an agent uh, the whole time. Right, send me all the deal, you know, and and so I had looked at stuff, I had done some analysis, I got this wholesale deal, I, I analyzed it, and I was like, this is a great deal. So we bought it. Uh, that's the wrong way to go buy something, right? right? Go, go drive. drive by the property at least, right? At least <laughs> go look Especially at it, walk like around it. Away. Uh, see what the neighborhood is like. Because right, I didn't know the neighborhood. Uh, it's not the greatest neighborhood. Uh, and a tree had fallen on the building. We knew that it needed work, right? But a tree had fallen in and broken in the roof and the side of the building. And so, uh, and it had been like that for two years in Florida. So uh, the amount of renovation, it, it, we spent more money fixing that one unit than we did uh, buying the entire property. And it was, a, it was a package deal. We got three lots, we got two duplexes. So in the end, it's still a good deal, but it was way more than we anticipated. Uh, and it presented its own unique set of challenges for about two years. But you got to learn a lot, I'm sure. And, oh, yeah. And those bonding experiences with your father was probably... yeah. Well, luckily, you know, for uh, the deal was he was the money. That was it. Um, he he was, a, you know, we're, we're partners, but it was all on me. If there was a problem, and I had to figure you. it out, right? right? Yeah. I'd be like, hey, we have this problem, but here's what I think we're going to do. <laughs> and he'd be like, okay. He's like, let me know when it's solved. That's right. Yeah. Where do I sign? Yeah. That's right. So, uh, and then we got another duplex in 2020, uh, just south here of, of downtown Orlando, another wholesale deal. With your father uh, as well? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, my wife and I and my parents have an LLC formation, and so we buy everything under that, um, and we have an operating agreement and everything. So, um, you know, word of the wise, if you can do business with family, put it all on paper, sure. uh, just there document it. Uh, relationships are more important than money, and money ruins relationships. So do yourself a favor, put everything in writing. Uh, and make sure that everyone agrees with everything that's in the document and then everybody signs it. And then if there's ever any question, everyone goes back to the document. No, this is what we decided on. Okay, thanks. Uh, and we can still have Thanksgiving and Christmas together next year. <laughs> so uh, Easy enough. Yeah, it's. I, I don't think it's that complicated, but uh, you do have to work with those people. So if you don't have the best form, you know, if you're not good at communicating with your family, it's probably not good to do business with your family. Gotcha. So your father, is he investing like, 
outside of the ones that he's doing with you as well? Does he have prior investments? He, he always had prior investments, uh, and he's you know he's got some money in some commercial properties and stuff like that too. Uh, and so that's really where you know my idea of ever buying a rental came from. My dad had a rental, and he had bought a foreclosure and fixed it up, and we lived in it, and then he sold it, and kind of a live-in flip type thing. We he did a, he didn't really do much renovation while we actually lived in it, but um, but he bought it, fixed it up, and we lived in it for two years. Or, then rented it for a little while and then he sold it, right? And um, so I had seen him model this behavior. And uh, so we got, you know, that's how I thought to even buy a rental in the first place. Awesome. Working for him, yeah. I should do it. That's awesome. I, I don't think there's a lot of people that have, you know, a, a fatherly figure or any figure in their life to, you know, be that voice of reasoning or set expectations when it comes to investing. I know that I don't, I don't think you do either, right? I never did. Yeah, like- The only had, thing I had was bigger pockets. Yeah, I same, mean, that was my know, whole- We had to find bigger pockets. My whole mindset shift was from that platform alone. Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki was my homie. Yeah. And then yeah. I got to BP and it was like, okay, like- Well, well and, and, and here's what I will say, is that there were never intentional conversations. Uh, and I think that's what's lacking in a lot of, in a lot of home, educational responsibility. So it's one of the things that I, you know, that I think that I will intend to do with my daughter is early have conversations about how money works, uh, you know, that it's okay to talk about money. Um, and, and I'm at that point now with my, with my parents, right? Where it's money's not, it shouldn't be taboo, right? We all have to deal with it. Why wouldn't we want to know how it works? Um, and, and, know how we're doing with it and that requires some transparency right um you know mindy uh said this the other day she said you know personal finance is personal but it doesn't have to be private right right why do we make it private why do you think there's this stigma around finance and money overall i don't know some people think I, I mean, there's always the quote, the money's, money's the root of all evil. And so maybe that permeates some of it. Um, and just, uh, you know, like my wife's family, it's rude to talk about money. And that's just the culture that, you know, the family culture she grew up in. It, it wasn't rude in our family, but it also wasn't an intentional conversation piece that in hindsight, like I wish I would have known more about financing and how money works and interest and 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 more about real estate. I wish somebody would have told me about real estate a lot sooner, right? Uh, and so it's one of the things that I hope to do as a father, pass on that knowledge and now share it with as many people as possible. And how do you plan to do that? So we've talked kind of about you getting your license and we've talked about you wanting to share your knowledge. So what have you done since 2020 to kind of, you know, make that come to fruition? Uh, well, I mean, I probably haven't been real good about being an evangelist around real estate. Um, I talk about it with everyone that I, that I can, but I, I haven't been overtly outward in, in my social media presence. And I don't know, it, it always felt salesy to think about doing that kind of thing. So I just didn't do it. Uh, I feel less and less weird about it because it has given me, you know, to some extent the life that I've been looking for, um, or at least I feel like I'm working towards. Uh, so, uh, and I feel like everyone should have that same opportunity. Um, but for me, it, more than anything, it's about doing something that you love that you, I get excited about Mondays, right? It's like, for me, it's like standing at the top of a valley and seeing all of the possibilities below, uh, that I love Monday morning. So, uh, and I think if you can find something that you feel that way on Monday, 
um, the days that you wake up and you're having a bad day aren't so bad. Never thought about it that way because I'm still in my uh, my day job. So maybe that's why. So, so there was, I'm going to backtrack just yeah. a little bit. So off camera, we kind of touched base on it, yeah. right? So something I really admire about you, just learning this already, just on this podcast, that you're constantly talking about your wife, constantly talking about your daughter, but you're also like top 500 real estate boss killing it, right? How are you juggling both family life and still just crushing all your goals? Like how, do, how are you... Crushing all your goals, but still having the time to spend with your daughter and instill all those, you know, special qualities that you're talking about. Uh, I don't sleep very much. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, a good start. <laughs> so, I mean, I try to sleep seven hours a night, right. um, but I don't sleep much past that. Uh, I'm typically up by 6 a.m. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I typically work till 10 or 11. Right. Uh, and, and some of that is just realizing that... Um, first of all, I'm a workaholic. Uh, I really like it. I just, I just, I just do. I really right. like it. I always have, I've always worked really hard. It was something that I was taught growing up. Uh, so I've always really enjoyed it. And, uh, and that's just me. That's kind of my personality. So, uh, I'm just always going and thinking, but, uh, we've made conscious decisions to set aside specific time. I don't schedule phone calls between, uh, four 30 and seven 30, uh, because that's when I'm picking up my kid. We're having dinner. Um, oftentimes, you know, I'm doing bath time, bedtime, doing all that routine. And then I typically go out for a walk and maybe make two or three more real estate phone calls and come <laughs> back, sit down at a computer and work right. till 11 o'clock at night or something like that. Uh, and that's not every night, but that's just what we do. And when I had a full-time job, it was the same thing. Every minute that I wasn't needing to do something for my full-time job, I was working on real estate. Uh, and for those first two years, I didn't have family time. We didn't have that time blocked off. I mean, we tried as hard as we could, but if somebody called and was like, hey, I wanna go look at this, I, I was going. I was you know, I was out the door Saturdays and Sundays. That was time that I could go show real estate and that's what we were doing. And uh, you know, we made some big sacrifices during that time. Uh, I was, luckily I was working from home for my day job. So I still got to witness my daughter develop through that time frame, And that was a huge blessing um, and you know, it, it seems really selfish for me to say it, but COVID-19 was a huge blessing for, for my circumstance, uh, which was I was working in an office and now I didn't have to. So it allowed me to focus on trying to build my business as well as um, still being able to be good at my job and, and, be, and be responsible to the commitments that I had made uh, and still get to witness my, my family at the same time. So. Uh, you know, I know that that's not everyone's scenario with, with what happened with the pandemic. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't wish that it would have happened, right, uh, right. but in retrospect, you know, we, we made lemonade. Uh, so, um, but yeah, we, we work a lot, we make compromises, but now we block time. There's specific family time and I don't get, I don't typically make calls on the weekend. Uh, I still show from time to time, but, uh, you know, my wife, you know, we've, I've been pretty clear about what I'm trying to do and she realizes that and she gets it and she's part of the business. She's our transaction coordinator and um, she's perfect because she's detail oriented and I'm not, so she's great <laughs> for that job. Um, and she really she really does give our clients a, a first class experience, you know, from contract, uh, executed contract all the way to close. 
every Monday, you get a Monday update. Here's what you're expecting this week. You know, here's uh, uh, here's what we need from you, um, and uh, and just delivers a first class service to our clients. Um, and uh, and and it's fun to work together in that regard because we're both that. building towards that. It's challenging. Uh, you know, you you really do have to sometimes compartmentalize uh, the work, the family life, uh, and that bleeds over all the time. But you try your hardest, and then and then just being an effective communicator, uh, which I think is the key to even doing my job. Just be an effective communicator. Answer your phone. Answer your text messages. Answer your emails. Delete all the voicemails that are clogging up your inbox. Um, check your voicemails. Uh, communicate, communicate, communicate. As a real estate agent, that's your number one. It's the number one skill you need to cultivate. Uh, and discipline, I would say, even. Cultivate the discipline of communicating uh, and doing it quickly and effectively. Can we talk more about that two-year period? Because I think you kind of glossed over it and you said it very humbly, but you made sacrifices for two full years. That's 24 long months of someone working a W-2 job while investing. And a lot of people talk about, you know, real estate, get rich quick, or I'm going to make a lot of money very fast. And you went a full 24 months with really probably minimal results while you're trying to do so many things. And so can you talk about that time period? Yeah. So my real estate journey, I think is very different from a lot of real estate agents because I didn't focus on residential real estate. I focused only on working with investors. Investors are different buyers. They're, they want to have different conversations. They use different lingo. They use different terminology. Um, and so I didn't really do open houses. I didn't door knock. I didn't cold call. I didn't send mailers. I'm the worst real estate agent in the world. But I did find something that I knew that I would do every day. You know, and that was interact with people on bigger pockets throughout the forums. When they had questions, I'd go in and answer them. And I just did that consistently. The discipline of doing something every day that you won't hate doing, that's what will make you successful in real estate. So if you don't hate cold calling, you should cold call all day. If you don't hate door knocking, you should door knock. If you don't hate doing open houses, you should do that. If you find something that you like doing, you should do that. And you should do it as much as possible. Double down on your um, strengths, right? That's right. And, you know, speaking of strengths, that's what I, the, the, the job I had as I was working in real estate or as I started into real estate was uh, with the Marcus Buckingham Company. And Marcus Buckingham is a world-renowned researcher, works with, uh, used to work for the Gallup organization and started his own company. But his, all of his research is around humans and their strengths and what makes us great. Uh, and, uh, and, there's so much research that shows that if we focus on the things that we're already good at and we double down into that, we will improve at a much faster rate than trying to fix the things that we're not that great at. The research shows that if you, if you practice things that you're not good at, you'll get better at them. But if you practice things you're good at, you'll get exponentially better at them. And so, uh, and I realized that in my job that I really love doing real estate. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's the two most addictive things in the world are heroin and a salary. So, um, so yeah, I, just, I heard that one, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I couldn't kick the habit for a while. Um, but, but as I continued to do the thing that I, I enjoyed doing, which was talking to investors and, and figuring out ways to do that more effectively and, and how to find more investors and initiate those conversations, I just did that 
as much as I possibly could and focused on doing it because I like doing it. Um, and that's really where the results come from. It, it really is consistency. It's discipline. Um, doing, doing something every day that will get you to the result that you're looking for. Um, and sometimes that's things that we don't like, but there's so many different ways you can generate business in real estate. You don't have to do it the old way or the way that everyone tells you that you have to. I mean, there's plenty of people that are using Facebook to generate a bunch of business, right? Find something you don't hate doing and just make sure you do it every day. That's kind of what we're doing now with this whole social content. We, we like doing it and we can add value and potentially meet people and grow our business at the same time. So yeah, like you and I are just having these conversations. conversations anyways. Right. And it's so much fun. I love getting together with Aiden and just having a conversation, talking about real estate, talking yeah. about passive incomes, you know, like trying to, to get out of the rat race, if you will. Right. Um, so yeah, it's been a blast. Um, you've been talking a lot about um, discipline and consistency, right? Like where do you, where do you find that motivation? Where, like what type of mindset do you have like a mindset morning? What do you, what is your, you wake up at 6 a.m. Do you have any morning rituals? Um, like, what, like how are you getting <laughs> uh, into this mode? I, I wake up at 6 a.m. I go make a cup of coffee. I go walk down. There's a little dock in my neighborhood overlooking Jake, Lake Jessamine. Uh, no boat access or anything. It's just a little dock over the water. And I go down there and I stand there and I listen to music and I drink my coffee and look at the sunrise and say, uh, you know, think about how grateful I am for everything. Love that. Love that. Uh, sometimes say a few prayers. Awesome, uh, I grew up in a very religious family, so it's a big part of who I am. And uh, just, I've never had anybody in my life tell me that I couldn't. So why, why would I think that I couldn't? Now, some people, they do have those people in their lives that tell them that they can't. But that's, that's BS. I mean, I think anyone that decides that they're going to do something and they take consistent action to do it, they'll achieve it. Um, it may not be easy, but we, we're, we're very good at adapting. Um, most people can adapt to whatever life throws at them. And some people just get tired of adapting and they're like, all right, I'm just going to, this is where I'm going to be. Uh, or, or they don't feel like, or they feel like they've already reached it. They've gotten there. Um, and every time I feel like I've gotten there, the feeling goes away. <laughs> so, uh, so I just, I set a new goal. I keep going. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. and, uh, and that may not be how everyone's wired, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's me. I just, I don't know. I've always liked to grow and there's, I've realized that I, I am a good student. I, I am good at learning. I just do it different than other people. And for me, a lot of it is just going and doing and figuring it out and uh, asking questions. And so, but being consistent in doing something for any period of time will, will yield some sort of result. Uh, either way, right? Bad habits, over a long period of time, they will they will result in a bad outcome, right? If you smoke cigarettes, you know all the time, then you might get lung cancer. Uh, and uh, but if you work out all the time, you'll get stronger, right? And it's the same thing. It's about being consistent and disciplined. And uh, I've not always had that mindset. It's it's been in recent years that I've realized that uh, that that's what it really takes. 
Um, and if, if you decide to do something, you just need to give it your full commitment to do it. Uh, and that's really all it comes down to. Decide you're going to do something and then go do something every day to get you there. Man, that last clip was like fire. <laughs> like, What do you think changed your mindset? Dude, people are going to type in like David Goggins right. and like this episode is going to come up in, in this portion of it because I was like, let's go. Let's go. I loved it so much, man. I, I love that you just like you're so candid and transparent about like how you feel and like what's got, what's got you there. Dude, that, I, crazy. I hope the audience feels like I did on that, man. That was that was awesome. Gets chills, you know. Yeah, like the goosebumps were <laughs> yeah. definitely there. I, I mean, I'm 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 fortunate that I've I've had a lot of you know, I'm 37. I'm I'm towards the end of my 30s, I'll be 38 this year. So in May. And know yourself and just be yourself. I'm big on authenticity. It's who I am. I just I I think I can get along with everybody, but it's okay if I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, there's, I, I don't feel like I need to impress anybody. I'm not doing it for them. So, and, and you shouldn't either. Nobody, nobody should. You shouldn't do it for anybody else. Do it for yourself. There's no motivation quite like intrinsic motivation. External motivators, they won't get you there. Agreed. You, you, you got to figure out what you want to do and why you want to do it. I've, I've done all kinds of work. I've worked... I've, my resume is very <laughs> eclectic. Um, so I can tell you all the things I don't like doing. Right. Uh, and I figured out the things that I like doing and I do them. I do them as much as I possibly can. Um, and I think especially in today's digital age, right? Especially when we're talking about passive income. Right. If you have a passion for something, you can build a business around it, especially on the internet with all the different capabilities and e-commerce right. things. and. Um, and I, as somebody that spent a lot of money on uh, trying different marketing things and different learning courses, there's a lot of junk out there. <laughs> okay, there's a lot you of would, things you would know what you're saying. Uh, it, there's a lot of things you can waste your money on. Um, and as and if and if any realtors are listening to this, uh, lead gen programs, there are a dime a dozen. Marketing agencies, there are a dime a dozen. Don't spend your money on the first one. Uh, you, you probably don't need to for a while. I was. I was in a different place I could. You know, that was the whole time. Well, I, well, I had a full-time job. Every commission check I made, I thought, how do I, how do I take this money and duplicate it? And so that was part of my mindset as my growth and starting my business. And to this day, I, I'm always looking for how do I, how do I turn pennies into dollars uh, and, and nickels into $5 bills? Uh, you know, I just, I don't have a problem spending money to make money. That shouldn't be everybody's business model, right? I, but I, I had the capacity to do it because I had a full-time job and it was, I didn't need that money to live off of. That was actually like extra money. But then when I started seeing that, you know, my extra money was becoming more than what I was normally getting paid, made the switch. But so when, a lot of junk out there. When do you make the jump? Because you've talked about working at your job and to someone like me, like when do you know you're ready? What were you doing during that time? Were you saving reserves? Were you getting things yeah. in place? Like, yeah. what, what was that process looking like? We saved most of the money. I mean, I, I saved most of the money. I did reinvest back into my business quite substantially, uh, especially in 2021. My, my, my marketing budget was absurd. I'm embarrassed. So, <laughs> um, hey, but, it's working. But, but that was intentional, and I, and I 
but yes, I was saving a lot of money. And for me, it was uh, knowing that if I was going to be able to do this, my wife had to be on board. And I knew that for her in order to do that, I had to be able to show her that no matter what happened in the next six months, we'd be okay. And that was ultimately the arrangement we came to, right? Well, I got enough money, I could not make another dollar for the next six months, and we'd be okay. And I can always go get another job. I'm very employable. I've got a pretty good resume over the last couple of years in terms of things that I've done in the corporate world, so I can go get another job. No big deal. Um, but, but she needed to know that we would be okay no matter what. And the, you know, the agreement was, in six months, we'll go look back and we'll say, well, did I spend any of that? Did we have to spend any of that money that was our safety net? Um, and I don't think. Now, do you think everyone should quit their job or is it select few individuals? How would you structure <sighs> I mean, that? it really depends. If you have six months reserves and you can afford not to make another dime for six months, you need another job. You, you want to go at this hall full time, then sure, you should do that. But I already had a pipeline. I, I had a pretty big pipeline of clients already. Um, I already had systems in place. I actually already had a team member. So my business wow. was in a very different place by the time I turned off the lights uh, than, than other people might be. So it, and you shouldn't necessarily follow my model, right? Right. Most people are not going to be able to follow the same thing that I did ever because my situation was unique. Everyone's situation is unique, but you figure out a way to make it work. And for me it was, and the only reason I brought on a team member in the first place was I was too busy mm-hmm. with both this and my day job. I couldn't be at all the appointments I needed to be at. And so, and I had more leads than I knew what to do with at the time. And so um, I, you know, I just said, Hey, you know, can you come help me? Um, and my team member, he's 10 times more experienced than me. Literally, he's had a license for 24 years. So (laughs) 12 times, 12 (laughs) times more experience than me. Uh, So he was a really good fit because I needed somebody that I didn't need to coach, already knew what to do. Um, And and so that worked out. And it was was a great, great partnership for both of us. Wow. What's your team look like now? Is it you two, your wife? Yeah, so full team is me and Tyler Gibson, uh, Leonard O'Connor, uh, my wife, Emily Gibson, and then Benjamin Terencher, or Ben Terencher, uh, who is a uh, administrator at a high school here in Orange County. Uh, did about $3 million in volume last year nice. on his own, awesome. part-time. Uh, <laughs> now joining our team, we're super excited to have him. Uh, and his goal is to quit the W-2 awesome. uh, and not go back next school year. So uh, that's what we're working on with him is, you know, getting them there. Very cool. So are you trying to continue to grow this? Like what, what's your goals? What's your, what's your three biggest goals in 2022, personal or, you know, business? Man. Uh, Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, there. no. Take, take your time. He's no, like, that's fine. I gotta pull on my checklist right, real quick. Right, hold on, one second. So, <laughs> so I'll admit, I, 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 like the, I like the idea of goals. I'm really bad at setting them. Uh, <laughs> I think part of the reason is that I'm never really satisfied when I do get there. Fair, so, fair. Um, I, you know, I think I want to do double this year in terms of total deals. I think we might be able to do more than that. Um, but, you know, long term, I, I do want to be 
one of the premier investor-friendly real estate teams in Florida, maybe outside of that someday. Um, and I don't know. I, I, my goal when I started was I wanted to build a business. Well, at first I wanted to sell some houses, right? I wanted to sell some houses, make some money. Great. Then I realized, no, because then I'll just be self-employed. So I realized, well, I need to build a business. And I came across uh, Chris Waters. He's got a book called Millionaire uh, Real Estate Team or something like that. And he has some educational material, sales and, and some coaching and, and, and things like that. But um, I got the book. I started reading the book. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. But it's also the same information you'll get out of Keller Williams, you know, a real estate agent, right? It's all about leverage. Um, and creating systems and processes and putting tools in place and people in place that someday you go. Um, but I wanted to own a business uh, and I want to own a business and I want to build this business. And, and I think we've done a really good job helping investors here in Central Florida and we'd love to continue to do that. But I, you know, I, I think we could help people in other places too. But in order to do that, I also have to find people in those places that want to work with investors. Uh, which I don't know why you wouldn't want to. It's a non-emotional decision. Uh, they tell you what they're looking for, um, and you, you show it to them. Uh, and if they want to buy it, great. And if they don't, no big deal. Um, I, I told you earlier, I'm a really bad real estate agent. I don't really show houses. <laughs> you show the deal. Uh, yeah, and sometimes I don't even do that. Uh, most of the time we don't. We don't even really do analysis for our clients. It's not that... I can't or that I'm against it, but there's a liability factor. If I provide you a set of numbers and you tell me, oh yeah. Now I think we'll probably develop into doing a little more of that, but we haven't to date. So we can provide information to them for them to do the analysis. And most of our clients can do it themselves or they have access to bigger pockets calculators or whatnot. Um, so really for us, it's about two things, local knowledge and then trying to understand what they're really trying to accomplish, right? So each one of my conversations with new clients is really about who are you, what are you trying to do, and what strategy are you trying to implement? Those are the three core things that I need to understand from somebody. Say, say it again. Who are you, yep. what are your goals, and what strategy are you trying to implement? Because right. investing... Keeping it simple. Because in investing, there's only a few different types of strategies right now, right? People want to do the burst strategy or they want to do short-term rental or they just want to buy long-term rentals or they want to do flips or they want to do wholesaling, right? There's lots of different things to do, but they're different strategies. You're, but what your goal is, right? If um, So like I have two, for long-term rentals, they typically have two different types of clients. There's the high-income earner that likes his job and wants to hedge against inflation or uh, set himself up for retirement. Uh, and so they buy rental properties based off of, is this a good investment? Will it grow over time? Is it gonna reduce my tax burden? Like they look at a property with a different set of analysis and criteria for whether or not it's a good deal to them. Sure. Meaning cash flow isn't as important than appreciation. Right. Because the cash flow gets better over time. Absolutely. Right. Sure. If it doesn't cost me anything today, you know, then it's still a good investment. And for, for them. For, for them. them, yeah. Well, and, and when you consider that um, if they're using leverage, which most people do, well, then you get to write off the interest that you paid on the loan. You also can depreciate the asset. 
which is additional tax write-offs. As long as you, as long as you're not paying monthly for that property, it's paying for itself. Uh, then you're not out any pocket there. Um, and then you also have appreciation and equity pay down each year. And so each year, you're, what you can write off and save on your taxes and things like that, it gives you a much better ROI after taxes uh, than you know, buying it cash and having $1,600 a month in cash flow or whatnot. And you know, the pure cash flow on that deal might only be like 1.5% in terms of cash on cash return. But if I'm already making a lot of money and I'm a high income earner and I'm in a tax bracket where I really need write-offs, real estate's a great way to do that. Yeah. Uh, and so sure. that client is very different from the guy that wants to quit his job in five years and needs, you know, two, $300 a door uh, for his rental properties. And so if I know it who you are, then I can tell you, oh, well, you want to invest in Orlando. Are you an equity buyer or a cash flow buyer? And, uh, and so I, oftentimes I ask people, what's most important for you, equity or cash flow? Yes, I know, both are important. But which do you care about now more? Which, which is more important right now to you? And so uh, if they can answer that question for themselves, then I can tell them what area we should go look in. Um, and what would be an example there? So like maybe Polk County for cash oh, so now flow. Now I gotta give away all my secrets, but yes, uh, essentially. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking from like a price to rent ratio perspective. Yeah, I mean, uh, you gotta be like an hour outside of Orlando to see any kind of price rent ratio, you know, that's somewhat attractive. So Lake County, Polk County um, is where we're seeing things. Um, I hear there's, there's stuff in like Titusville and, and stuff like that. I don't work over in the Space Coast. I don't have access to that data, so. Um, but we focus on that and then like West Volusia, Deland, Deltona, you just get much more attractive purchase price to rent ratios there than you do in Orlando. Sure. But equity growth in Orlando is going to be stronger. So it depends on what your perspective is and what your goals are. I, I wanted to touch base on one thing that you mentioned. You said that most of your investors are, are using leverage. Like, are they using HELOCs? Are they 401k? Like, what are they... What do you mean by that? Elaborate a little bit for our audience. Uh, most of them are using some sort of financing. Um, they're not buying cash deals. Um, sometimes they are, but not typically. Um, and most of my clients are not using the burst strategy because it's really challenging to do in our market. You can't find homes with enough equity on the MLS to make a burst strategy work. So you have to go off market, and if you're going to do that, then you deal with a wholesaler. And if you're dealing with a wholesaler, then you're kind of on your own uh, because no agent's going to want to get involved there. Well, typically no. Um, but more importantly, there's a lot of bad wholesalers out there. So you know, I don't know that I want to, you know, be involved in a real estate transaction with somebody that I have no idea who they are. Um, so, Fair. Um, so yeah, but. There's some good wholesalers out there. I just don't know many of them. And then I know you work a lot with, with house hackers and this is my favorite strategy of all time. Cause that's how I started. And so can it's you talk me hacker. through, I'm, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's the best strategy of all time. And I know I'm biased because I'm at the beginning of my journey and I'm a W2 So if earner. I could go all the way back, that's what I would do. Yeah. If I could go tell my 18 year old self anything, it would be buy often, buy early. I would have house hacked a long time ago. Um, the, f 
the first time I ever bought a house, I was actually in Colorado, but my parents bought it because I didn't have enough credit or income in order to actually put it in my name. But the idea was it was my house uh, and I rented rooms. So I did kind of start house hacking before I knew what the term was. Right. Wow. Uh, I, I regret that we sold it. I regret, you know, it, it, it really wasn't a good time and I really didn't know enough at the time to, to know that I, what I was doing. But, but yes, I would tell anyone if, if you're single and you're renting, you should try to figure out how you can house hack. Um, and if you're married and you're renting, you should try to figure out how to house hack. <laughs> um, real estate can build your wealth in an incredible way, um, even if it's just buying a house. You can be a real estate investor just by buying a house to live in, in my opinion, because it will grow your wealth, and eventually you'll have, a, you'll have choices with that home, right? You're either going to upgrade to a bigger house because your lifestyle now is different, or you can take money out of it and go buy another piece of real estate, That's what or I'm doing. <laughs> you can rent it out and move to another one and try the same thing, right? You have a lot of um, options. You have a lot of options, and when you rent, you don't. Your only option is to throw your money down the toilet. So, um, so yeah. So you talked about like married versus single. What are, what are some unique strategies from a house hacking perspective that people can implement? You talked about renting rooms, and so what other kind of strategies would you talk about from maybe multifamily or the luxury house hack with Airbnb or kind of how would you approach it? So I don't know a whole lot about the luxury house hack with an Airbnb. I mean, I'm sure that it can be done. Uh, Orlando Airbnb regulations are interesting. Disney doesn't really care, but the Disney market out there, you can't really house hack an Airbnb in the Disney market because the consumer expects the whole house. Right. Uh, so I don't think you'll have a whole lot of strategy, a whole lot of success doing that. Right. Um, I think I think people would probably book it and then show up and be like, "Oh wait, you're not leaving," uh, because <laughs> they probably just don't read it and it's the cheapest one. And so I think you could get some bad reviews. And sure, sure. so uh, so I don't recommend that here. But if you live in the city of Orlando, you could try to do something like that. Um, and I encourage people to do that. I mean, from from a strategy that I've seen implemented. I mean, I've seen married couples buy a single family house and actually rent out the additional rooms. I actually have a client that wow. was, a, it was actually the first house I ever sold. Young wow. couple, newly married, bought a four bedroom house out south of Disney uh, and rented out individual rooms. Wow. Um, which, and you know, I'm like, I wouldn't do that if I was newly married. No, I, yeah. But, so yeah, how do you but, how but do you have, convince your spouse? I mean, like, I I might consider it, but then getting my girlfriend on board would be a whole different conversation. You, <laughs> yeah, so, my wife would not. Yeah, so I don't know how you would because I've right. never had to do it. But right. I, you know, if I were to hypothesize, you would you would have to have them understand exactly what the advantages are and be in the same boat. Right. right? They almost have um, to have that mindset. Right. right. And right. and you know, this young couple is, and you know, that was two years ago almost exactly that they bought that house and now they're thinking about moving out, turning it into an Airbnb because the market's gone crazy out there and buying another single family home to live in and um, you know, they'd prefer if there was an in-law suite. Uh, and so they still have that same mindset. Love it. Um, it doesn't go away. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but you know, they're not super, they're, they're like, 22 year old kids, they just, they just knew that, you know, if I buy real estate and I do these things, somebody else can pay for it and then I can upgrade and I can do that. And they're on the slow roll. They see the long term, And so, uh, you know, and I think everyone should look at it that way. That's how I invest. I don't, I don't buy for cash flow. I buy for what's that going to be worth in 20 years? For uh, sure. And you know, what will the cash flow be then? So 
I tell people I'm gonna house hack until I'm 30. Like I'm gonna buy a house every year and move <laughs> out. And people think I'm crazy, but I think it is the best strategy for me personally with my goals. And so yeah. that's what I'm gonna do. And um, you know, to your earlier point, I'm not really too concerned about others' opinions, so I'll just keep it moving. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, house hacking is brilliant because somebody else is paying, you know, helping you pay your mortgage. You got to live somewhere. Right. Uh, so unless you're living with your parents for free, uh, which you you shouldn't do that forever. Uh, you should grow up and move out and you yeah. know figure out how to be responsible and, and do all that thing, do all that stuff. Um, but uh, you know, but if you're going to do that, you you really should figure out a way to to, to house hack um, because somebody else helps you pay that mortgage. You got to live somewhere, and it should hopefully be cheaper than renting somewhere else. Um, and you'll be building equity and um, the whole time and. And that's really the goal. All the advantages. And yeah. what are and what are the cons? Even, I mean, people don't like being a landlord. Maybe moving every year. But yeah, aside from that, I mean, privacy. Privacy, maybe. Yeah, there's there's that stuff. I mean, if you're not, if you don't fully understand that you now own a house and houses need to be fixed, and so you need to be, you know, prepared for that kind of stuff. Some people are ill prepared to to even understand what what home ownership is like. I mean. Things break. You have to fix them. But that's even whether you're house hacking or not. Though. That's whether you're house yeah. hacking or not, right? right. Um, but but a lot of people just they don't think about that. Yeah. Uh, so it's just gonna stay perfect. The that's whole right. Time. <laughs> or, no can we call the maintenance man? Right. Yeah. So do you do you see a lot of investors um, employing or like practicing the strategy of house hacking? Um, not as often as I'd like. I mean, I, I do see it. I get to do, I don't know, I think we did two or three house hack deals last year, but um, but it's also challenging. I would have thought a lot more hack. than that. Wow. Yeah, I, I, and just not enough, not not that many people reach out looking to do it. Um, done some really cool deals around house hacking involving like renovation loans and things like that. Uh, so uh, we've done a lot of fun things around house hacking, but uh, we don't do it as often as I'd, as I'd like. Yeah, and it's so readily available and talked about in BP, so it's highlighted consistently. I would imagine that, yeah, that number would be higher as well. I mean, it's getting harder in Orlando, I will say. Fair. You know, like I bought my duplex for 345 but I don't know that I can find a duplex that is a 2-2 on each side anywhere in that price range in a desirable location. You know, that was almost two years <laughs> He's ago. Like, no, He's so, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so I will say that it gets challenging, you know, as the market continues to appreciate. Um, but I would say that the principal and the benefit is still there and the down payment's still going to be low. So if you have the yeah. capital, why not? Well, and, and you can always sit down and tell yourself and, and figure out whether or not it makes sense to do it or not, regardless of what the purchase price is, right? Cause you figure out what the purchase price is. What's my mortgage. There's mortgage calculators. You can do that. All right. So here's what the mortgage payment's going to be. Uh, if I rent out these extra rooms, for a thousand dollars a piece or whatever. Well, I'm going to subtract that from my mortgage. All right, what's my new total? This is what I'm going to have to pay out of pocket every month. Uh, what am I paying in rent? Exactly. It's, it's almost always going to be much, much lower. If this number is lower, yeah. which it probably will be, yeah. right? You should no figure out how to save up three and a half percent of a down payment and right. go buy something. Right. Um, even if it's a single family house and you rent it out to roommates. Um, and there's plenty of demand for that. There's tons of housing demand in Florida. I mean, are you kidding? Like affordability here is a huge issue. So room renting becomes even more attractive. Mm -hmm. If you go on a Facebook group, 
like Orlando apartment search or roommate search, you will see how many people are looking for a room right now. Yeah, I, I know one one buddy of mine, he's much younger than me, he's 21 years old when he bought his first house and he was working out at, and he's working at In-N-Out Burger in, in Las Vegas, right? A burger chain. Right. Saving, just living frugal with his parents, worked on his credit, finally bought his house, and then he just house hacked every bedroom and... Yeah, he was cash flowing on his first property at 21 years old. And just imagine where he's going to be by the time he's 30. Just, yep, you know, starting those fundamental differences at an early age and, and investing early. Like, yeah, I wish I would have done the same thing. So yep. make those early sacrifices, especially when you're single and you're young. There's no reason not to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, at least that's my, you know, and, and if you tell yourself it's because I don't have any money, well... He did it at In-N-Out Burger. Well, like I know. he's making well, like I know, I know. little and, money. And the follow-up <laughs> to that is go cancel your Netflix subscription. True. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 3% yeah. is not much. Yeah. I, you know, really I joked earlier, you know, because we were talking about how do you do that? I, I don't sleep much. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I and 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 that's the truth. Like I don't really watch a whole lot of TV anymore. I do sometimes, but it's there was a time when I watched TV every night. I watched two, three hours of TV every single night. I get home, have dinner, open a beer, two, three, watch TV, just totally veg, play video games, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with watching TV or playing video games. I want everyone to I still play video games. I love, <laughs> I love playing Xbox shooter games. Love it. <laughs> Look me up. We'll we'll play Apex Legends together. I love it. <laughs> I don't do it very often, but I do like doing it. Um, but every single person has the same number of minutes in the day. Whether you got a million dollars or you got ten dollars, how you spend those minutes will determine what you have in your bank account tomorrow. Uh, so, teach yourself something. Every you, you can learn anything on YouTube, anything. Teach yourself something. Start a business. Invest your time now when you're young and you have energy. So that when you're 55 and you don't want to mess with people anymore, you can sit on a beach, do whatever you want. Collect your rent checks. But, uh, you know, that's that's been a big mindset shift for me. Do I want the dopamine of shooting some people on Apex Legends? Or, <laughs> or do I not want to have to go do anything someday and trade my time for money? And generally, the go work so I don't have to work later wins out. So, and pay attention to where you spend your time. Yeah, only commodity we can't get back, right? Yeah, I mean, I am super intentional with my time these days. That's why we block off family time and thing like that because you start to realize it, it really truly is the most finite resource that you have. So use it wisely, uh, you know, and invest in yourself with reading and, and educating yourself and Go find something you love and figure out how to monetize it. There's so many people in the world that like the same thing that you like, and they'd probably pay you for some sort of product or service around it. So why need to fill it? This is off topic, but if you don't mind sharing, I, I'm just curious. Where, where are you in your portfolio with your father? Like, How many doors do you guys have? And... Are you looking to continue to buy real estate? Like, what's that looking like? Yeah, so uh, we haven't bought anything since the duplex in 2020. 
so total doors seven. I own one myself. The other six are fifty percent partnership. Uh, yeah, I'm always looking to buy, but I'm a bit. I'm a. <laughs> I've noticed I'm an opportunistic buyer. I uh, I'm always kind of looking, but it's never that like super intentional. <laughs> Uh, and then I, you know, I see something and I'm like, oh, I can make that work. And, you know, we go and we figure it out. Um, capital is always an issue. So we're working on capital now, right? Um, and trying to build a business that can help fund some of that. Um, and, you know, part of the goals this year is to figure out an off-market acquisition strategy or at least off-market marketing uh, to find sellers uh, that have homes that, that they want to sell. And we hope to find them for multitude of reasons, but you know, whether they, whether they want to sell and they want to sell to us or, uh, or, you know, if, if it's distress, can we figure out a problem and solution where everybody wins? Uh, or if maybe they just want to, you know, maybe none of those things apply and they just want to sell, well, I'm happy to list their home. Right. So, uh, so that's something that we're going to try to get into later on this year is just part of our business and, and growing and, and, finding another avenue to provide value to our clients with some potential off-market deals as well love as, it. you know, building my own portfolio through that. Love it, love it. So, like, this is interesting because I think there's a, there's a different dynamic, right? You you actually love what you're doing. Yeah, right? you love, love you, you have You have all the passion for it. You're, you're looking to continue to, to grow. You just started this journey relatively, you know, leaving yeah. the W-2. But do you see in, like, the next five, ten years, like, you scaling back away from the business and kind of sitting back and and start to chill by that beach or are you like i want to do this for the foreseeable future you know so i i don't see myself doing a whole lot of transactions you know 10 years from now being personally involved in real estate transactions i don't you know from a retail perspective uh i hope to at that point have you know, a decent team and, and have some really good training in place and have some leaders in place. So that's a business running on its own. Uh, and hopefully that will fund me being more active as an investor um, and having a little more control of my time, Absolutely. not working, you know, the, the crazy hours that I do now <laughs> uh, where my day is a little bit different. Right, right, right. Uh, and, you know, I love hanging out with people. I love going and meeting with people and having lunch and doing things like that. Uh, you know, even this kind of thing is just a, a really big blast for me. I really enjoy it. So, um, so I like to be out in front of people and answering questions, and uh, would like to do that a whole lot more. Uh, so, I don't know. It's all going to look different, um, but in the meantime, the focus is continuing to to help our clients find real estate opportunities here in the Central Florida area and. Uh, whether that's short term, long term, or you know anywhere in between, uh, and and building a business around that, um, as we look for other ways to build other businesses that are in line with with that. But love it, love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So one more thing, and and we want to definitely respect your time. It's getting kind of late. Get back to your your wife and your daughter. Um. So. Again, we talked a little bit off air, right? So, like, once you you finally do build that team, and you're not doing that many, you know, hands-on tra- transactions, and uh, you know, you're starting to invest in real estate, you can kind of breathe a little bit, right? You're not working those crazy hours. What's a perfect day look like for Tyler? Like, like, tell me what your morning looks like. I, I assume you're probably still grabbing that coffee, walking down to the dock, you know, listening to music, enjoying it, but 
you know, are, are there some hobbies that you want to get into that you're interested in? You know, like, do you want to like get back into speaking Spanish on a regular basis? You want to travel? What's a, what's a perfect day look like? What's a, what's a, what's that look like? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great question. I, I don't know that I've clearly painted that picture. Uh, I know that my wife would like to retire on a beach. So if I'm in retirement, I'm probably waking up and drinking my coffee, looking at the ocean or something. You know, maybe going for a walk, um, but you know, a, a perfect day for me is a day where I, I I I get up, I have some kind of alone time in the morning, um, and just kind of think about what's going to happen that day, and then um, really be able to do whatever I want for that day. I, you know, and that can that can differ. Some days that's going to be hanging out with my family. Um, it's hard to tell what my daughter will be like when you yeah. know, she's that age. She's two and a half now. So sometimes she's great and sometimes she's a Sour Patch Kid. Um, <laughs> actually, she's always a Sour Patch Kid, right? You know, they cut their hair and then they want to give you a hug. Right? They're sour and then they're sweet. Anyways, uh, so, um, but but I hope that, you know, my, my time involves being with the people that I care about and uh, helping people. I mean, I, I got into this I got into this business for my own, you know, investing purposes. Uh, I, I found the joy in helping someone achieve a goal, uh, whether that's home ownership or investing in real estate, and it's super exciting. And you get to talk about something. I get to talk about something I really love. And uh, but I just I've always enjoyed helping people and um, being a resource. And so I want to continue to do that. I don't know what that looks like, um, but I don't know. I probably won't ever stop working because. I'm a workaholic, so um, I don't know. The the in some regards, the perfect day. I, I already have perfect days. I get up in the morning, um, but I and and I do whatever I want. I've set my schedule. I typically follow my schedule, but if I need to reschedule meetings, I reschedule meetings. Uh, I I I've gotten past the fear of if I don't take this call, I won't be successful. Um, I just, that's just not where I'm at anymore. I want to help people, um, but I also have to make sure that I take care of myself. And so we do that as best as we possibly can. I took two weeks off at Christmas and it made it this giant log jam on my calendar. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know that I'll do that ever again, but, uh, uh, or I'll definitely put in better systems before I do that again. So good problem to have. Yeah. Though. Yeah, no, that, that that's cool that, you know, you can, you can have that detachment of, okay, like my phone's ringing, like I'm doing whatever right now, you know, I know that's hard because even right now where, yeah. where I'm trying to build my business, if I miss a text message or like a call, I'm like frantically, at least I have that feeling of like, right. I got to get back to them at a reasonable time. So it's cool to get to that point. And, and, and I'm not perfect. Right. You know, my wife will be the first to tell you. She's like, we're at dinner. <laughs> you know, we're we're at the dinner table, and she's like, "Put your phone away." Um, but what phone? What are we right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the but the goal of being able to just say, you know, tell yourself, "I'm not going to work today. I'm going to cancel my meetings or reschedule them." And, you know, just say, "I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to be available." That's huge. I can do that. Uh, and, and I'm okay with doing that if I need to do that. I generally would not do that because I'm a workaholic, but, but I can. Um, and I've moved stuff before because I just needed to, right? And just so, having the freedom and the flexibility to do that is, is massive. So, right. Yeah. 
props to you, man. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Congratulations on all your success. It's been fun to follow. Thank you. Yeah. 2021 was a huge year. Uh, top 500 in Orlando and uh, also uh, Young Professionals Network at the Orlando Regional Realtors Association. They meet uh, top 20 under 40. So nice. where can people learn more about you? Tyler Gibson. Oh, uh, well, uh, right now you can go to gpghome.com. That's our website. I don't have a bunch of bragging stuff on there, but it's our website. There's a little bit of information. You can find me on Instagram at real underscore Tyler Gibson. Uh, and that'll you should be able to find me on Facebook, Tyler Gibson. Uh, if you look for me in Orlando and are you I, still, I look like what my picture is. I don't have a, I don't have facial hair in my picture on Facebook. <laughs> but. Are you still pretty active on BP? Or? Still very active on BP. Um, I respond to you know comments and questions and messages on there. Um, if you you know fill out the information form, they'll charge me fifty bucks. But uh, but I'll contact you anyways, uh, and we'll chat. So. Um, you know, reach out to me other methods. My phone number and stuff's all over the internet. Yeah, all you gotta do is go. go look for if you Google Tyler Gibson Orlando, you'll find me. <laughs> there you go. You'll find all the things. <laughs> Google go. Tyler Gibson Orlando, you'll find me. I even hear you on the BP ads now. Like it'll be like contact Tyler Gibson, your local Orlando realtor. Yeah, I mean, I, I did, is, does it actually say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if well, I listen to a podcast, it'll say your name. All right. Well, there the, you go. I didn't even know they were doing that, but cool beans. Yeah. <laughs> Learn something. Yeah, everywhere. I mean, I'll take it, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that is why, you know, I talked to 100 people in December. <laughs> there you, you go. Know. Like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems.